Okay, well, welcome to Live with Dom Marie, Jody. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Kristen. Did she call you? No, I was here trying to plug here you are. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Kristen. <laughs> oh my goodness. So welcome. Um, everybody, this is Jody, my one, my dear friend, and two, an amazing physician's assistant that gets to work in neurosurgery. Neurosurgery, right? Thank you. Yes. So, can you tell us a little bit about what is neurosurgery? Uh, well, it's surgery that involves, it could be the brain or spinal cord or uh -huh. control nerve, anything that involves the nerves. The nerves. Okay. So, I need to ask this because I've always wanted to be in an operating room. What's it feel like to be in an operating room? with you're getting the patients ready and they're a little nervous because I would be extremely nervous. How do you deal with that calming them down and prepping them for surgery? Well, first thing is that that is a normal response is to be nervous, but yeah. we're not. So <laughs> it's, you know, holding a lot of hands. Just yeah. Knowing a patient, I've been on the other side of the table myself. Okay. Uh, having and it's, it's, if you weren't nervous, then that's something to be, you know, the usual response is that people don't have this done on an everyday basis. Yes. It's a big deal. Okay. But, you know, we're not nervous. It's okay for you to be nervous. But, but you're not nervous. You're calm and cool yeah. and ready to go. So, um, the other question that I wanted to ask you, so it's basically spinal disorders, mostly of what you deal with at the office? Right now, I started off my um, career doing emergency medicine trauma. Oh. And, and figured, okay, I'd get a day job and do neurosurgery. And I spent about uh, the first year of that doing brain and then switched over to uh, spinal disorders. So uh, correcting curvatures, uh, tumors. Okay. Disc herniations. Wow. Anything... Anything from here down, okay. How is the recovery after doing surgeries? Like how, what is the time frame from when you do the surgery and then the patient has to come back as a follow-up? Well, for any surgery that we do, we'll see somebody two weeks later for a wound check. Okay. Um, it depends on what the surgery was that they had, but usually, you know, two weeks afterwards and then one month, three months, and it it just depends. Depends on what they've had done. Okay. So be right before we started talking about what you do for a living, you said that you um, was ER. Yes, I started off in the emergency department. How was that? That will always be my first love. I, you know, every every day you're seeing something different. You don't know what's going to roll in the door. It's, that will always be my, my first love. It takes a special breed to do emergency medicine, and you see it right now with what's going on with COVID. Yeah. Especially that it takes to, when emergencies happen, the first responders run towards that, while other people run away. So 
I loved being in the emergency department. That's so. great. So working in the emergency department, was there one thing that stood out in your life that you'll always remember? I remember this poor, this little girl had come in um, and she had such a bad facial laceration that was all, all, it was, it was a complicated closure and uh, the emergency department in the area that I was working in at that time, we didn't have uh, a plastic surgeon available. And so it was one of those moments that, I mean, I do this, you know, know how to suture and, and do complicated closures, but uh, this little girl, I mean, this happened when she was five, mm-hmm. and she came back for something else. It was like five years later, and I didn't even recognize her because you know, she was 10 at the time. Yeah. And they said, oh, you stitched me up. And Aww. it was seeing how just how beautiful, she's beautiful anyway, but it's just what a difference that I was able to make that I got to make in somebody else's life. And there was a few, you know, along the way, but this this little girl just stood out. The fact that she even remembered me. Well, um, you you and saved her life. I and I was like, oh, it was, yeah. I mean, there's, there's a few that will always stick with me, but this, very special. Um, and she had been kept in touch. Oh, that's so sweet. I love that. That's because you're just a, such an incredible shining bright light that's why I love that I love that you are able (laughs) thank you that's why you are able to do that and I believe that's why you're able to do the job that you do every day so going into the office every day and working with people that really need your help and that are in pain how does that affect you mentally like seeing this every single day and then you're going home but that's still kind of in the back of your brain I've been doing it so long um, and when I started in this career path uh, it's now been like 25 years Yeah. so I I signed up for that and Mm -hmm. everybody that comes to me that walks into the emergency department and comes into our neurosurgery practice uh, usually I mean they're in pain, they're in fear. Kind of goes hand in hand in fear of the unknown. What's going to happen? Am I going to be paralyzed? Is this how my life is going to be? Um, oh my God. And it's just, you know, taking that deep breath and acknowledging that this is what they're feeling. Mm-hmm. It's okay to feel this way, but we're going to walk you through this. Yeah. So when you, you know, go just- home, you're able to uh, most of the time leave it at the office. Well, it's, it's yes and no. I, I leave it at the office, but I'm sort of on 24-7 <laughs> through emails or phone or... Yeah. But, but it's, it's, you know, turning off and on, but it's, it's been a practice. It's been a practice early on in my career. I would take stuff home with me and everything that mm. I saw during the day. And it, it was hard to compartmentalize. Yeah. And, but it's, Learning to breathe, and, yes. Yeah. Especially, and I mean, you could be teaching all of us right now, learning how to breathe and staying calm, especially the entire world with the coronavirus. And speaking of the coronavirus, how has it been? I mean, you're 
out there in the field. You're one of the field workers and the ones that are saving people's lives, but you're putting your life at risk. So I want to thank you for doing that every single day and putting, you know, your life out there. And I appreciate that. So thank you. Well, everybody's doing their part. Thank you for doing your part. You've been quarantined. I, yeah. You know, and everybody's been quarantined. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, but you're you've been quarantined, but you're also still leaving every day, and you're helping, and you're out there working and doing the surgeries that need to be done. That can't wait till the quarantine is over. So, but part of part of also when you sign up to you know be a PA or a nurse practitioner, yeah. or D or whatever field, nursing. We didn't sign up to take care of healthy people. We kind of signed up for to, to take care of sick people. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 Well, I think that's an look amazing up. job, and I it's truly look up to you, and you're a great inspiration to everybody. So thank you for that. Um, so who in college before you decided to go and become a um, is it? nurse like but not a nurse oh oh, physician assistant physician assistant so when you decided to do that and you were in the ER and then you went and moved over to the practice you're in today who was your mentor growing up that got you to start doing this work of giving back and giving yourself to others and Really, you're opening your heart to the world of healing. So who kind of got you there, or was it something you always wanted to do? It's, it's, so back when I was, I thought about this, and back when I was 12, when I was 12, uh, I was taking care of this little girl who had health problems, uh, Jody Lynn. Her name was Sam Jody, same as mine. And she had some medical issues, and I had to... Her family felt comfortable with me mm-hmm. and just spending a ton of time at Children's Hospital and being trained on how to take care of her uh, tracheotomy and, and how, how to, uh, you know, learn uh, wow. CPR and if something happened, if she stopped breathing, how would I manage that, who did I call? And it just became second nature and I knew that that's what I wanted to do. Wow. And you were 12. I, I was 12. I knew. Wow. I that's why I just felt so comfortable in a hospital, mm-hmm. in an ICU, and and there was a one time that she did turn blue when I was babysitting her, and I was able to handle the situation, and she's, and it's just like in a calm manner, and I was like, okay, I could, I really want to do this. So she she definitely inspired me. Wow, that's amazing. Twelve years old, you knew what you wanted to do at twelve. That's incredible no, because. I, I, I know exactly, but I knew I wanted to, um, I definitely, I knew I wanted to be helping people in medicine. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I thank you. Now I know if I ever run into you and something's wrong with me, you can save my life. <laughs> I don't want that to be the case. But <laughs> okay, so um, one other thing I did want to ask before we go into a different subject is... How do you 
prep yourself for the day because you probably have to be there extremely early in the morning and you're there late at night and then you said you are on call constantly. So do you prep the night before or are you just so used to your routine that you just um, do it? Very used to my routine. And fortunately now, um, and I say in my, my later years in my in the practice, in my career, that there are younger residents mm-hmm. and fellows and I work with another great physician assistant. So we're not, even though, you know, the emails and the phone calls, they can come in at any time. Yeah. We have another pair of legs that are over at the hospital more and we, you know, I don't have to kill myself like I, like I used to, but I'm in bed early. I, I get up at four or 5 a.m. Oh, gosh, that's what I mean. How? 4 a.m. Oh, my gosh. I to be in bed, like, back if I am the one taking call at night, or I would know with the change of shift would be 7 o'clock for the nurses, so I would call at 6.30 mm. and 7, like, okay, anybody need me for the night or anything else you need? Yeah. Like, thankfully, we have an amazing team where I work at the hospital I work at. That's great. Um, and what is the hospital that you work at? I'm at Cedar sinai Okay. Cedar-Sinai. That's a great hospital. It's awesome. I'm so fortunate I get to work there. Yeah. I've, wow. I've been since... Time flies. Since 2002. You, wow. Um, that's a long time. But it's, it's such a great facility. That's great. So, to all of us, um, I have known Jody now for two years. Doesn't it seem longer? It may be. It, it could be longer. Yeah, maybe. I'm not quite sure. I know. That's. I, I believe that's just because we were meant to be. <laughs> so everybody out there that is watching that is a multiple sclerosis warrior. Jody is the ultimate multiple sclerosis <laughs> warrior. So how tell us about you do all this work 4 a.m to however long of a time that you work till it's exhausting the fatigue and the stress that you put on your body as a normal human being alone but you live with multiple sclerosis when were you diagnosed well it was when i was doing emergency medicine and i ended up doing my own workout on myself and i diagnosed myself i don't really recommend that for people because you're like okay i just uh did this mri and looks like i have ms now what do i do with this and i really wanted to just ignore that but um i was losing function in my my upper extremity and i yeah, it was it was a big it was a big. Shot. I was only practicing. Let's see, I was diagnosed in May of two thousand. Okay. So I'm now practicing medicine for four years. W e i l e r. And so I dropped the N and E 